And that's just two people up there. You guys, way to go, man. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Super cool. Super cool. All right. Let's keep this family chat going here a little bit today. Um, in my family, my mom was a piano teacher. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever shared that with you guys, but my mom was a piano teacher. And so she used to teach little kids how to uh, learn piano. So from about three o'clock till six or seven, every night in my home was really, really bad music, y'all. Oh my gosh. Seriously, Mike. I always wondered why my dad was always working outside all the time. I think it was because my mom was a piano teacher. Um, but one of the things that happened is because she was a piano teacher, if we wanted to eat, then we had to help cook. And so from the earliest age, I, I learned how to cook. If, and and uh, so that was just part of my deal. But later in life, I found out that I actually liked to cook. And, um, and about four or five years ago, I did a life plan where you kind of figure out what you should be doing with your future, what keeps you refreshed. And one of the things that came up in that was the guy just said, dude, you need to be cooking. You just need to be cooking. So I came home and ever since then, I'm like, I'm Chef Dave now. So um, <laughs> and my wife loves it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually really love to cook. And so um, that's one of our favorite things to, to do is just to cook. And so what I do is I have these cookbooks uh, at home, and I, I, I always love to do the new thing. People always ask, well, what's, what's the, what type of food do you love to cook? What's your favorite meal? I go, my favorite thing is the new thing. So I just love to find new things. Well, whenever I cook something, and it's really good, like really good, in the back of the cookbook, I have this little list called Company Worthy. And I put it down. I put the page number and stuff. And then I actually make little notes. It's kind of weird. But I, I like make notes. I say, here's what I cooked. Here's who came over. Here's what I did. Here's how I changed it and made it good. In fact, my kids told me a little while ago when I die. So they're already thinking about that. So, um, <laughs> But uh, they said, when you die, Dad, we want your cookbooks. Isn't that interesting? Because they literally are a history of everybody who came to our home. And so... Um, one of our favorite things, though, we all tried to do the keto thing, right? Everybody's tried to do something. And uh, what's interesting about keto, right, there's no sugar at all in there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. And then I found a chocolate mousse recipe that is unfreaking believable And Susie and I love it so much. And so, so many times when people have come over, it's like, I make this chocolate mousse because I want people to taste this. And then the coolest thing, right, is when they say, oh my gosh, I have to have the recipe. I have to have, you guys ever been to somebody's house, right, where you eat something and you go, man, that was so good. I have to have the recipe. Well, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here tonight. Um, Will you share your recipe with me? So we're in this series that we've been talking about called Sharing Your Faith for Dummies. Like how, how as followers of Christ, since he said this is supposed to be what we're all about, is sharing the good news of Christ with people. How do we do that? Well, if you guys have been with us, the first thing, we have this acronym called BLESS. Begin with prayer. Listen with care. Eat together. See, there it is. It's very important. And then Serve. And so really, all of those things were things that Jesus did when he was on the earth. So basically, guys, what God is saying is get in people's lives and live a life of love. Care about people. Put, their, put somebody else's interests above your own. 
Ask questions. Get to know them. Listen to them. Invite them over. Show them the value that you're thinking about them and they matter to you. Get them into your home and serve them and bless them in any way that you can. And really what should be happening is people should be tasting and seeing that the Lord is good just because of the lives that we live. Because we're people who've been set free from ourselves and from sin and live a life like that. Wouldn't it be cool if people were hanging out with us so much that they'd be like, I gotta have that recipe. Would you share it with me? And then that's what we did last week. The last S is share. So you begin with prayer, you listen with care, you eat together, you serve them, and then you share. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about the first thing that we all need to get really good at is sharing our story. Because if you're a follower of Christ, you have a story. (laughs) Jesus is the author of our lives. And so we had to learn how to share a story effectively about how God impacted our life. All right. And now tonight, though, what we're going to share is it's great to share our story. But man, that last thing is tough. And that is, can we actually share Jesus' story? Can we actually share the gospel? Can we share the good news? Could you right now, do you, how confident do you feel that you could have a conversation with a friend or a coworker or a family member who, who's not a part of the Christian faith and that you could explain to them the good news in such a way where they would go, okay, I get it. I think one of the main reasons we don't share our faith, it's not because we don't believe in Jesus. It's not because we don't love him. It's not because we don't love other people and we want them to know. I know for me, until I felt like I could share it, I just didn't have the confidence to do it. So tonight, I'm actually going to share with you a way to share our faith. Now, one quick story before I do. Years ago, when I was like in late elementary, maybe middle school, I was at a, a family reunion. It was a, I can't remember if it was a funeral or a family reunion, but my extended family was all together. And Steve, my cousin, his wife, Ella, made this incredible dessert. I mean, we're all eating it, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then my sister-in-law, Callie, goes, oh my gosh, Ella, this is fantastic. She goes, can I have the recipe? And Ella goes, no. (laughs) Now, okay, the fact that that's one of my memories when I was like a young kid, because everybody around the table was like, are you kidding me? Like, it was so awkward. Because what does everybody always say? Sure, of course, I'd love to share. But no, this is why she wouldn't share the recipe with anybody. And isn't it weird because I think we're hanging out with people. You're loving them. You're living the life Jesus has. But if they said, hey, would you share with me? I don't know. So the first thing I want to do before I get into the practical piece is let's just remember, what's our motivation for doing this? Why, Why in the world? Are we people who should be sharing good news with people? Again, man, just think about it. When you've eaten something that is so good, all you want to do is share it with other people so they can taste it too. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says this. Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. What compels us to share the good news with people. It's his love, you guys. We've received his love and it's so good. So let me just, let me just say, I think sometimes we're not sharing our faith because we're actually not staying real tight with Jesus and we're struggling with that. Can, by the way, do you know that's one of the main reasons we actually gather together? 
One of the main reasons we gather together is to encourage each other and to strengthen our faith, to worship him, again, to sing praise to him, to remember how good he is, to thank him, to remember. And then once we know his love, it compels us. But I think it's not just the love that that Christ has given us that says, man, I want you to have this too. Here's the other thing that's real. Is Jesus actually, when you're a Christian, he actually lives inside you. And he loves every person you know with his life. If Jesus is in you, he loves your neighbors and your coworkers and your family and your friends. And it's his life inside us. It compels us. And then he goes on because, why does his love compel us? Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Jesus died for everybody and he died for all that those who live, that means all of us who've received Christ, he goes, that we should no longer live for themselves, but we should be living for him who died for them and was raised again. See, Jesus, again, he set us free from ourselves to say, okay, now I'm going to live inside of you and now you're going to live for me and here's what I live for. I live for the world. I live for every person to come and know me. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. You know why? Because we actually view people the way Jesus views them. And he looks at every person with a longing heart to say, oh, I created you. You are so precious to me. And I want to be with you forever. Oh God, give us your eyes to see people the way you see them and to have your heart for them. And then he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are a Christian, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And here we go. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to? Yeah. You, not me, us. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Taste and see that God is good. You guys, God wants to make his appeal through us. That's why we do this. So one last passage and then we'll jump into this tool. Romans 10 says this. For everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's great news. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Hey man, when we talk about 167, y'all, this is a huge part of it right here. We come here in this one hour to get filled up to get inspired, to get, to be just, have God's spirit just bless us so that we'll go out there for 167 hours 
and be his witness and help everybody taste and see that he's good. All right? Okay. So let's give, let's talk about some tools. The, the first one I just want to uh, let you guys know. How many of you guys have heard of the four spiritual laws? Any guys, okay? This has been a super long-term, Susie, was it literally crusade, Bill Bright, who put this thing together? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he started doing it on a napkin. But anyway, Susie was on staff with Campus Crusades called Crew Now, and it was Bill Bright who put this together. So many people have used it. It is a fantastic, very clear way to share the gospel. Can I just tell you, there's an app that you guys can download, and it's called God Tools. Okay, write this down. God Tools. And it literally has the four spiritual laws right on your phone. It's, it's a fantastic tool. It's right there. So if you're ever having coffee with somebody instead of having to write it down in a napkin, um, you can do it right there on your phone. And it's super clear. It walks you right through the process. And so if you want a tool that's that, the, the traditional four gospel, uh, the gospel, the four spiritual laws, excuse me, get, uh, download God tools on your, on your phone. But I'm going to share a, uh, I'm going to share a different way with you tonight. And it's a way that I have been learning from a friend of mine. His name is Logan Wolf. Um, Logan moved to Utah County back in 2011 to plant a church. And um, he did what most people do. You, he got a, some room at a, at a hotel, set up all the sound system, opened up his doors, and nobody came. He literally preached to his wife. Susie was like, oh, his poor wife. <laughs> but literally, but Logan was faithful and he kept going and the church never grew. He did that for five years. And then five years later, a church on the west side of the valley over here, the pastor was moving, and he asked Logan if he would take it over. And so they became multi-site. So now he was doing one, a church in, in, in southern Utah, and then he was doing a church over on the west side. And they did that for another three years. And he, I, I got the numbers from him this week. And he said, after, you guys, after seven years of ministry, Logan said they baptized a half a dozen people. After seven years. So he finally, he just said, you know what? What are we doing? He goes, why are we doing this? So he actually shut everything down. And he just started all over again. And so instead of doing a, a gathering like that, he did a lot. Like what Derek, is Derek in here? Or did he bolt it out? He's probably, probably sharing the faith with somebody out in the parking lot. Um, no, but <clears throat> Derek, you know, he, uh, on our staff, is doing this DMM movement. And, the, and Logan started to do something similar where they started meeting in people's homes, but they started equipping everybody to actually be able to share the gospel, to pray like, like in their neighborhoods, to pray for people, and then to share their faith. You know what's happened? Since September, no, July of 2020, they've baptized 95 people now. Awesome. 95 people. And here's what's cool. It's the people that they shared their faith, their people shared the gospel with, and those people who received Christ are now the ones who are now sharing the faith, and they're helping people come to Christ. You guys, this is what Jesus had in mind right there. And so I just want to—I just want to say—we um, have been doing this for 19 years, and we have—it's our heart and passion. We do K2 exists because we want every single person to come to know Him. But I think sometimes you know we we talk about how man, let's go do it. But it's like, okay, well, how do I do it? So here you go. I'm going to share the tool that Logan has shared with me that they're using. It's called the two kingdoms. 
I'm just going to bust through it really fast with you, and then I'm, we're actually going to do it together, okay? So here's how he explains the two kingdoms. He'll sit down with somebody and say, hey, if you don't mind, I just want to share kind of this is, this is the story of my life and how it's kind of equated with God. He goes, there's two kingdoms. The first one is there's a kingdom, and he calls, God calls it the kingdom of darkness. He goes, you know what, we, and we've all seen the darkness. It's really seen in the brokenness of the world. We see it in the depression, we see it in the sorrow, we see it in the, the broken relationships, we see it in rejection and loneliness, we see it in political <laughs> fractions, we see it in justice, I mean, I mean, right? People don't, there's brokenness in the world. And that's the kingdom of darkness. He said, now there's the other kingdom, is the kingdom of light. And in the kingdom of light, we see this too. <laughs> We actually see that, this kingdom in creation. It's beautiful. Everybody looks at creation and go, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. He goes, but people are creation too. And so we see the kingdom of light when people are basically loving each other. When, we, when you experience it in a loving family, right? When, when you experience it with, when you have loving friends, like Courtney's experiencing it, when we see that goodness happen, when people are generous, when they're kind, when they care for people, we see the kingdom of light. And then he says, so you got the kingdom of darkness, you got the kingdom of light. Now, if you have a kingdom, then there's a king. He goes, the kingdom of the kingdom of darkness is self. It's ourselves. And so, and then he says, there's a spiritual power. Jesus actually revealed that there is actually a spiritual power in the world that he actually calls Satan, and he calls him a liar. And he goes, and the biggest lie that Satan duped everybody to believe is that you can actually run your own life. You can be the king of your life. And come on, can we all be honest? That sounds good, doesn't it? It Sounds good because if you're the king of your life, man, you're in control. (laughs) And you get to call the shots. And and we all want that. There's not a human being who doesn't want that. The The problem is, then all of the brokenness, it's up to you. You gotta figure out what to do with that. Because you're the king of your life. And so what, what happens is people try to, okay, well, then I'm going to fix my life. And so we, we go to things like money and success, and, and, and we garner that, and we, we search for those things, and having possessions, and, and that's one thing that people do. Sometimes we just need to feel good because life is so hard and it's so broken. So we'll go to sexual stuff and addictions like alcohol and drugs. Sometimes we go, you know how I'm going to fix this? I'm going to be a good person. And we'll go to religion, actually, even. And here's the problem with religion, is if you are good at being good, you know what happens? You end up thinking you're better than everybody else. And so now you're proud, and that screws off all your relationships. And if you're not very good at being good, then you feel shame. And if you feel shame, what do you do? You pull away from everybody. See, guys, here's the problem. All those things can work for a while, but eventually they fall apart. Success can leave you in a second, The economy can crash. The stuff that feels good starts to control you. And shame and pride, man, that just breaks our relationships. That's the kingdom of self. Well, now, over here, this king is God. It's the kingdom of God. And here's the other thing that Jesus called it. He called it the kingdom of heaven. Now, who doesn't want to go to heaven? Everybody want to go to heaven? (laughs) No matter who you're talking to, you guys, everybody will want to go to heaven. Why? Because it's not going to be broken. It's not going to be darkness. It's going to be everything that everybody wants. It's going to be God's ways. And that kingdom, ultimately, God says, my way is love. And the kingdom of God, 
You love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you do everything he says because he's right and beautiful and good. And you love others more than you love yourself. You literally, in the kingdom of God, your interest of God and others is more than the interest of yourself. And oh, the beauty. Come on, man, we've all experienced that. The beauty when people are free from themselves and they love God and they love others. So here's what Jesus said. When he came to earth, he goes, I got good news. He goes, I'm going to bring the kingdom of light of God into the kingdom of darkness. You do not have to wait to die to get to heaven. Heaven, he says, I'm bringing to earth. Now, who wouldn't want a little bit of that? See, that's the good news that Jesus said. And then he came to earth and he did it. He actually loved God with all of his heart and he did everything that God wanted him to do. And we got to see what it's like to be truly human. And what was that like? He loved everybody perfectly. He was no respecter of persons. He loved everybody and he brought healing and wholeness to the world. He goes, look, this light can come into the darkness. But not only did he say, am I going to bring the kingdom of light to the darkness? He goes, I'm also going to rescue you from the kingdom of darkness, from yourself, and I'm going to bring you into this kingdom of light. You don't have to live like this anymore. Now, how did he do that? The cross. Two things Jesus did. The first thing he did is he said, you know what? I'm going to come here, and I'm actually going to pay for all the mess that's happened in this world. Every wrong decision you've ever made, every person you've ever hurt, everything you've done to yourself, every time you said no to God, he goes, I don't want you to pay for that. He goes, I'm going to die to pay for it, to forgive you so that you can be reconciled to God. And then after he lived that life and after he died, then Jesus rose from the dead because there was no sin in him. And it says, God raised him above all things and he made him the king over everything. (laughs) The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Jesus became the king of everything, you guys. And what that means is, he goes, I can take all your brokenness, all your pain, all your sin, all your struggles. He goes, and I can heal them. I can restore them. I can actually redeem them, he says, and take everything that's bad and make it beautiful because I'm the king over everything. And so when that happens, when you get reconciled to God through Jesus, he does two things. You receive his forgiveness and you receive Christ in your life. And now you have a power to actually say yes to God. And he only asks one thing, just one thing. He doesn't ask you to clean up your act. He doesn't ask you to get better. He doesn't ask you to be religious. He says, all I want you to do is one thing. Take off your crown. Take off your crown. And put mine on. Quit being the one. Don't let self rule your life anymore. But let me be your king. And if you will put your faith in Jesus to believe that, that he is the king, and he's the one who can reconcile to God, he goes, you will receive my forgiveness, you'll be reconciled to God, and you'll receive me, and I will be with you now and forever. There you go. That's the two kingdoms. All right? So now what we're going to do is I want every one of you to pull out your piece of paper that, I gave, that you received. And if you didn't get one, would you raise your hand real quick? Would you, if you did not get a piece of paper... 
Because this is super important as we go through this together. Hey, we got someone who could help Kip, actually, so that he's, we got a lot of people who need paper, so that'd be great. How did you guys sneak by, man? We had that table right out there, right at the door. We were going to get you this time. <clears throat> hey, and you'll also need a pen, okay? So make sure you have a paper and pen. So what I'm, gonna, what I'm gonna walk with you is I'm gonna just walk through what I did with you, but I'm gonna do it in a diagram form because many times if you can see it, it's more helpful, okay? So we'll just bust through what I just shared with you in the two kingdoms, and this is the way you can share it. Hey, by the way, <clears throat> as we do this, let me just share a few things. It, this, how you share this depends on who you're with, okay? If it's with a stranger, then you share it one way. If it's a longtime friend, you share it in a different way. If you have just a few minutes, you share it quickly. If you're sitting at coffee, then you can actually embellish it. But I'm just going to walk through, again, the steps of how we actually can share the good news of the kingdom. And everything I do on the board here, I want you to write down uh, on that paper. And then you guys can have this. So you can have it in your house, have it in your home, so you can use it when we get out of here. All right? Wow, that tape, that's really far away. Hey, if you need to as well, if you need to move in, go ahead and do that. If you need to move up, that's fine too. All right? So there's two kingdoms, and you draw two circles. All right? And the first thing you do is you just go, there's the kingdom of darkness. Oh, thanks. Don't, don't want me to trip over that. You got the kingdom of darkness. And then, as soon as you write that, you just go, and we've all seen that. You, and, and when you're talking to somebody, you say, hey, wh- where have you seen this? And what we see in the kingdom of darkness, you guys, is just, there's, you can just draw like that, man. There's just brokenness in the world. And then you can just tell people, it's like, where, where's the brokenness that you've seen and you've experienced? If you have time, this is when you can share the brokenness that you personally have felt. Because there's none of us who, who, who's, who's escaped this. Relational brokenness. Financial brokenness, whatever it is, okay? And then over here, you got the kingdom of light. And then you do the same thing. This kingdom of light, you guys, we see this too. That's, that's a heart, by the way. I don't know if you can tell. But the, in the, and then you just talk again. Where do you see the goodness? Where do you see the love and the kindness and the generosity and the forgiveness and the beauty in creation? All right? And then you just say, each one of these kingdoms has a king. And over here, then you just draw a little crown. It's the kingdom of self. And this has been the biggest lie, the spiritual battle that's in every single one of us is we've been lied to that if we control our life, it'll be better. And we do. We want to control our life, but that means then we have to figure out how to deal with this, with this brokenness of the world. And so then how Logan does this, he goes, so there's just a few things. How do we deal with that? Well, we, we try to gain money and we try to get positions and we try to find prestige and we try to be successful because we feel like if I can do that, that'll help the brokenness. And then sometimes we just need to feel better. And so 
you have the sex and alcohol and drugs, the, any of the addictions, depending on who you're talking to. Shopping can be one. Gaming these days is one. What, what, next thing you know, we, we just want to feel good. And then sometimes, I'm going to just, uh, you can figure out how you want to do this, but sometimes we just want to be religious or we want to say, you know what, I'm going to be a good person. And you guys, uh, this one is so huge for me because, man, trying to be good, like I said, is one of the, it's one of the biggest lies. It's what Jesus kind of came to help us with. Because again, if you're good at it, then you're going to think you're better than other people. Man, you want division in the world? Who did Jesus struggle with? It was the religious people who thought they were better than everybody else. And if you're not good at it, then you experience shame. And here's the problem, you guys. Money and success and greed can all be gone in an instant. This stuff can, can feel good for a while and then it can control you. All of these things eventually lead back to brokenness and to the darkness. But in the kingdom of light, it's the kingdom of God. And God, at, his, at the very core of who he is, is love. And now you've got God and you've got the heart of love. And you guys, in, in God's kingdom, it's the place where we love him with all of our heart and soul. It's heaven. That's the other thing. I personally added this in. This wasn't in there. But I'm, I'm going to write heaven next to that. Because you guys, I don't know a human being who doesn't want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Why? Because it's going to be, it's not going to be the kingdom of darkness anymore. Why? Because it's going to be God's way. You guys, all heaven is, is when God's way is done. And you know what his way is? It's love. It's where you love God and you follow his ways. And it's where you love people more than yourself. You're more interested in God and more interested in others than yourself. So those are the two kingdoms and those are the two kings. And here's what Jesus, when he came to the earth, and this is where I, I'm going to draw a line like this and put an arrow. Jesus said, I'm going to bring this kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. Or his words, I'm going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. You do not have to wait to get to heaven to start tasting it. Jesus says you can actually have it now. And he wants to bring light into every dark part of your life. Every broken thing that's there. But not only does he want to bring the kingdom of light into the darkness, he says, I want to take you out. I want to rescue you and take you out of this way of living. He goes, I literally want to set you free from yourself and give you a power to love God and a power to love people. Now, he goes, if that happens, you know what he does? He goes, I'm going to reconcile you to God. I'm going to take these two and I'm going to bring them together and bring you to God. How does Jesus do that? And now you got your cross. Here's how Jesus did it. He said, I'm going to die for you. This was the good news. And what does that mean? He goes, I'm going to pay. Somebody has to pay for all this stuff. Like all, every wrong thing that's been done, every harm that, that's happened, every time you said no to God. And Jesus came and he said, I don't want you to have to pay for that. He goes, so I will pay for it for you to forgive you. He goes, I just want to forgive you. I want to bring God's love to you and forgive you for everything you've done and bring you back to God. 
And here's the cool thing. And he did it. So he died on the cross. And then three days later, because he had never done anything wrong, Jesus rose from the dead. And he resurrected from the dead. And why is that so important? Because he said, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he made him the king over everything. When Jesus rose from the dead, God said, now Jesus, you are king over everything. And you guys, the reason that's so good is because Jesus is now king over the darkness, over your darkness. And he says, I can heal your brokenness. I can restore what's been broken. He goes, I can forgive you. I can get rid of your shame. He goes, I can take everything that is so painful and make it into something beautiful. That's what Jesus came to do. To bring the kingdom of light into darkness and to get us out of here and bring us there. So two things happen when we get reconciled to God. Number one, we receive forgiveness. We receive forgiveness, so we're reconciled back to God. And number two, he goes, you put your faith in me. He goes, you receive Christ. Jesus says, literally, I will come inside of you and empower you to live this life of love. So how do you do it? How do you get his love and his light and how do you get rescued from that way of life? He goes, there's only one thing you got to do. One thing you got to do. You got to take yourself off the throne. That's it. You got to say, I'm not going to run my life anymore. Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe that you are who you say you are. And I want to take off my throne. And I want to take yours. And he says, if you will believe me that I am who I am and that I can forgive you and reconcile you to God, I will forgive you and I will literally come inside you and you will live a new life now and forever. That's the two kingdoms. All right? So now what do you do if you've done that? The next thing you do, you guys, is you just go, man, do you have any questions? Well, of course people are going to have questions. Did this, just ask, did this make sense? And if there's places that didn't make sense, now you can start to, to answer those. And so you, did, you just begin the conversation. And literally, if someone is saying right there, it's like, if they get it, if God turns on, by the way, did you guys know you can't turn the light on in anybody's heart? <laughs> okay, that's so huge. Don't try to force it, Okay. Jesus never tried to force it on anybody. The truth is God actually turns on the light in people's hearts. But if you're sharing this and all of a sudden they go, oh my gosh, I need to be rescued from the kingdom of darkness. I totally want to live with God forever. Then you can say, all you got to do, all you got to do is say right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I want to receive your forgiveness and I want to receive you in my life. Be the king of my life. All right? Okay. So, couple things for application then from this. Here's what, here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Um, you do not learn this tonight and be a master at it and just be able to go out and do it. Okay? I've been work, I've, I have met with Logan twice. 
I've watched his videos on how to do this. I've sat with this, okay? So the first thing I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you, share this with someone who you feel really safe with, okay? The first person I did it with was Susie. Just share it with your spouse, share it with a friend, share it with your roommate, just share it, share it together, okay? But here's the point. You're going to have to practice this. You're just going to have to practice it. That's, that's the only way it gets better. Here's a second application. If you're in a life together group, I want to really encourage you. Would you guys take a week and actually spend a night together and practice this? Just break up in groups of two, go around your house and just share this with each other. And then you can learn from each other. You'll be able to help each other and figure out how do you can do it better. All right. Um, third application. Um, and this is, this is a little more daring, but I want to encourage you to do it. If you have someone who in your life who, who, who isn't a follower of Christ, but you feel close to him, here's what I would do. In fact, I actually did this. I met with a guy this week. And I just, at the end of our time, I said, hey, I'm, I'm working at putting together a, a, a tool that will just help people who are Christians to be able to share it clearly. I'm just trying to see if it works. I go, could I share this with you sometime? <laughs> so what you could do is just, just go to somebody and say, hey, I, you know what I believe. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if I can share this clearly. Could I just practice this with you? And, and can I say, my sister gave me one great story. She was in seminary and she had to go out and do something like this. And she was so nervous to share her faith. She didn't want to do it. And so she finally was sitting on a bench and a guy was sitting next to her and he, she looked at him and she goes, hey, she goes, I'm in this class at the seminary and I have to share my faith with somebody. It's like for, for an assignment. Could I just do this with you? <laughs> and the guy was, what was he, what did he say? Yeah, sure, of course. Just be honest. Don't try to dupe them. But I think you might find somebody who's close and you could share it and they say, did that make sense? And you can learn from it, all right? And here's the last thing. In two weeks, Derek's actually going to lead a training on this, okay? On the 15th and the 22nd, we're going to take this whole series we've done, and we're going to do two weeks right after the service of just, again, equipping us, practicing it, training ourselves, so we can actually go out with confidence as Christ's ambassadors and share the amazing love that God has for everyone. You guys, how can they be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they hear about him? And how will they ever hear about him unless somebody tells him? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's be his ambassadors, all right? Let's stand and let me pray for us and then we'll go. God, I just think of the day I heard this for the first time when it made sense to me. And what was amazing is the guy who shared it, he had no idea that your Holy Spirit was working in me. And you drew me to yourself. You shined your light in my heart. You rescued me from myself. And you gave me eternal life in Christ. And God, I just want to say thank you. Lord, I just want to pray. Would you please, right now, in Jesus' name, fill each of us with your love. May you pour your love into our hearts so that it compels us to go, like you told us to go and make disciples, share, be my ambassadors. It's good news. This is great news. God, may you use this tool or any other tool that's out there, but help us to feel equipped. God, help us to practice with each other. Help us to get down to the point where we actually feel confident. Hey, I can share the good news of the love of God 
and why Jesus came. And I pray, God, that you would encourage us. I also want to ask for opportunities. Lord, just, would you just open doors for us? And Lord, thank you for Logan. Thanks for his endurance, for his perseverance. Thanks for their church. Thanks for the number of people who are doing this and for the incredible excitement that's going on because they're just seeing more and more people come to faith in you. Lord, I pray the same thing for us and for every church in this valley. May we take your call seriously and bless us now as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before we walk out of here, number one, seriously, y'all, we would love to have you join us for our Eswatini bingo night. And by the way, this isn't just chicken, man. This is chicken dust, okay? This is actual Eswatini chicken from Samile, who's been in our congregation. She's the one who's been cooking, and she's also cooking pop, which is a major Eswatini food. You're going to eat authentic Eswatini food. We'd love to have you join us. Out there, if you can't, is a silent auction. Tons of amazing stuff out there. If you'd like to support us just by bidding on one of those things out in the lobby, please do that. And then, but dinner's back here, five bucks or whatever you want to give. Grab a bingo card, more prizes. We're just going to have fun together and enjoy each other. All right? We'd love to have you join us tonight. God bless you guys. Have a good time out there sharing your faith.